0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 26, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, Hardly Working.
1: You want to be religious. Almost as soon as one of our primitive hominid ancestors, that recently mutated cousin of the bonobo or the chimpanzee, almost as soon as he became self-conscious, almost as soon as his frontal cortex left, uh, left room for him to think past what is for dinner, these nearly human ancestors began to wonder. And why am I hungry in the first place? Come to think of it, who am I? And almost as soon as that Neanderthal became a philosopher, asking deep, primitive questions, why am I hungry? And who am I? And am I alone down here? She created religion to cope with these existential fears. Or maybe, If you want to be a little poetic or a little prophetic about it, religion came to our ancient ancestors as a gift, a means of exploring this exciting, mysterious, big world that had suddenly come to exist beyond the hungers for food and sex and shelter. As long as we have been actual thinking beings, homo sapiens, We have been religious, thanks be to God. And as long as we have been religious beings, we've been abusing that religion, getting it wrong. May God forgive us. Now almost as long as we've been getting it wrong, practicing religion as superstition using it to offer up some ritual trinkets to please and appease the angry gods. We have, there have been critics who have wanted to can this whole failed project as inherently wrong. From the beginning, there have been the naysayers, like the brash evangelical atheists who offer up their unsolicited cynicism, their self-righteous skepticism, This religion, hogwash, is hardly working. And you know, they've been right. In some ways, maybe we ought to say, thanks be to God for the criticism. Because as long as there have been critics who could see the problems with religion, there have also been clear-thinking prophets who have offered sage wisdom don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's hardly working, yes, but that's because we're expecting some magic of it, and good religion is not magic. Good religion is hard work. Criticism of religion, you see, is not new, and much of it is not wrong. Many of the harshest critics of religion, in fact, are and always have been religious. We are, we more so than anyone else, have a right to be critical because we understand it and we value it and we know what good it can be when, like everything else, we work hard to get it right, to make it worth our time. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. The German Lutheran pastor who was martyred by Adolf Hitler dreamed of a religionless Christianity. What is that? While coffee shop spirituality was not what Bonhoeffer had in mind, out of an understandable frustration with our oftentimes too religious world, a growing number of formerly religious people have become nuns. That is, they have no religion. They've given it up altogether. And I understand. But as I have told you, I believe bad religion may indeed destroy us. It has that power. But good religion is the only antidote. Not anti religion, which will only make fundamentalism stronger, and not no religion, which is not actually possible for human beings. Good religion may be the only thing that can hold a fractured, frightened, and religious world together. Now, one way that critics in the church have offered criticism of religion is to separate religion and faith. I've often done this myself in my preaching and teaching. And this movement is in part why those spiritual but not religious folks are having their say today. If we can identify and separate the false externals that become so easily used and abused, those rituals and dogmas that can become misunderstood superstitious relics Well, maybe then we can hold on to the deep movement of spirit that hides behind the religious externals. Jesus did this same thing to talk about religion and the movement behind it. He reserved his harshest criticism for those who were religious, calling them to something deeper than just the externals. The 23rd chapter of Matthew's Gospel is a particularly blistering critique that Jesus offers. Woe to you! He points the finger, you scribes and Pharisees, you blind guides, you are like whitewashed tombs which on the outside look beautiful but inside, inside are full of dead bones and all kinds of filth. Wow, Jesus, was constantly on guard against the way religion could be abused. And Jesus was always calling people to the meaning behind religious expressions. Jesus was calling us to the relationships that good religion binds together. People and people. People and God. Jesus knew the externals of religion could be idolized, idolatrized. But Jesus never says, don't be religious. Jesus never says, don't be religious. What Jesus says is the right way to be faithful is to be faithfully religious. The criticism that is shaking the church in the United States today isn't so much a critique from the outside as it is the disingenuous disapproval of the insiders who say the way to be religious is not to be religious at all. The way to be religious is just to be spiritual. You know I've got this thing against the spiritual who are not religious, who are really religious. And maybe not so spiritual after all. I'm sorry. Jesus says the opposite of what they say. He says the way to be spiritual is to be religious in the right way. Jesus knew that spirituality without religion is just too easy. We need the accountability of community. Inherent to the spirit of religion is the humble recognition of me. I need you. I need us. I need this thing called church. And building my own designer spirituality around my own individual wants just misses all of that. And inherent to the spirit of religion is the recognition of the other, capital O. It's that primitive intuition that we are not alone down here. What Karen Armstrong calls the ethical alchemy of religion begins here. It's not my rights, not my values, not my view of what's good and bad. It's God. The sacred weight of church and tradition is based on this premise and the importance of the religious institution that seeks to listen to the voice of God in community. And to pass this word down through liturgy and doctrine and the faithful practice of sacred tradition should not be underestimated. What we do here is part of a long tradition, and it is important. Jesus did not say, Don't be pious. Now, that word has a negative connotation because of the self righteous way some people have been pious. But piety just means religious devotion. And Jesus wants us to be devoutly religious. Beware of practicing your piety before others. Jesus doesn't say, Beware of practicing your piety. He goes on to tell us, in very specific terms, how to be pious. Jesus says, when you give alms, not if you give alms. There is no better way to practice your religion or even your spirituality, if you insist. There is no better way than to learn to give generously of your financial resources. There is no better way. I will tell you, as I have told you many, many times before, I don't preach about money to try to line my own pockets. But Amy and I believe in tithing. If you don't want to give a tithe of your money to this church, fine. But learn to tithe. Giving 10% of your gross income to charity of your choice is good practice. Now personally, I don't know any better charity of your choice than the church in which you are involved, but I'm just preaching now. <laughs> Tithing will make you richer in so many ways when you give alms. And Jesus says, "When you pray, not if you pray, I'm so glad that I learned that one-line admonition from the Benedictine monk named Dom Chapman, who says, pray as you can, not as you can. not I was reading an interview this week from the acclaimed New York Times editorialist David Brooks. The interviewer asked about his religious devotion, which began in Judaism, and Brooks says, some people pray at shul, or at church, or at mosque, or in the woods, I pray by writing. Whatever works for you, pray as you can, not as you can't. Whatever works for you, I urge you to find it. Pray religiously when you pray. Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. If you want to break down this definition, just think of fasting as discipline, not just giving up food. Giving up something, which some of you practice during the season of Lent, giving up something is discipline. And then when you go hungering for it, it makes you remember why you gave it up to begin with. It's not that chocolate's bad or whatever you're giving up. It's that the act of doing it calls you to remember. Or you can take on something. And remember that that discipline is an expression of faith. Start every day by reading a poem and spend a few minutes in quiet reflection. Or turn off the radio on Wednesday, Tuesday, pick a day. And be mindful on that day of your thoughts and your prayers as you drive. Find a Bible study to attend. Give one day a month to volunteer at Urban Ministry or at the hospital or in our Uplift Sedgefield program. Decide to make Sunday worship a regular part of your regular routine. Discipline. Maybe in its most elemental form, religion is discipline. The ritual participation in rhythms and rites that call us to remember. When you Not it. Jesus never turned from the religiosity of his Judaism. He died a pious, devout Jew. Giving of your resources and praying and a life of discipline was central to Jesus' understanding of life. But he did offer this caution. When you give and when you pray and when you practice your discipline, remember not actually about giving and praying and fasting. Those are just means to a greater end. Those are just the outward signs of a heart that is already turned to God. A sign of lives lived in healthy balance. These devotions, these disciplines, religion is for you. It's not meant for Jesus said the right way to be religious is to be religious in the right way. Now, I'm not sure if right religion just reveals our hearts that are set with right priorities, or if right religion is actually what sets our treasure, as Jesus calls it, to the right kind of things, the lasting things, the meaningful things. I'm not sure which is first, the chicken or the egg, the push or the pull, It does seem clear, though, that the gospel writer is connecting these two, right religion and right priorities. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. It also seems clear that the gospel writer has framed Jesus, as he has framed Jesus' sermon, wants us to understand that right religion has one final product, and that is a life free of worry. Now, don't overthink this and don't read it like a fundamentalist. I told you that a couple weeks ago. Anytime you get hung up in the words of the Bible, you're reading like a fundamentalist and you will almost always get it wrong. Life has its worries, as Jesus says. Today's worries are enough for today. Some worries are petty, some worries are real. But the point seems to be that a life well lived, and for Jesus, that life, that means a life with right religion at the center. For that kind of life, the worries will not overcome us. We can put them in perspective. We can focus on today, today's concerns, today's worries. We can live for today. We can love today because our religion has taught The interesting thing about all the hard work of practicing religion rightly is that because it helps us to set our priorities correctly and because that priority setting lets us sleep at night despite all there is to worry about, like all the other things to which we can give ourselves, the end result brings great, great joy. So much so that it's like hardly working
0: We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina encouraging independent thought community service Social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.